Hi, my name is Megan Smalley, and I'm with Lawn and Landscape Magazine. I'm here today with Bob Mann, Director of State and Local Government Relations at the National Association of Landscape Professionals. We're going to talk about some of the pesticide and leaf blower noise bans that came about in the last year. Um, first off, how are things going, Bob? They're going very well, Megan. Thank you very much. Great to be with you. Awesome. Uh, so first, we'd like to start off by asking what you think were a few of the most notable pesticide and leaf blower noise bans in 2017, and why? Well, for me, the most notable pesticide ban uh, occurred in the Portland, Maine area. Uh, communities, including South Portland and the city of Portland, pushed uh, highly restrictive ordinances that would all but freeze, freeze out traditional pesticide application businesses that utilize EPA and state-approved products. These bans are notable because they're being driven by anti-pesticide activists, including beyond pesticides. Now, Maine is one of the few states that does not have state preemption of pesticides. Now, activists focus upon these states trying to lever leverage local ordinances into a statewide mandate to eliminate preemption. So eliminating preemption at the state level means that you'll have a different set of rules and regulations for every town that you work in if they allow you to use these pesticides at all. Now, for noise bans, the classic example that's playing out uh, right now is in the Boston suburb of Newton, where just a handful of activists have ripped up outrage over the use of leaf blowers by landscapers. Now, the Newton Police Department has been swamped with noise complaints. However, the news reports dealing with this suggest that almost half of the complaints that are being lodged were, being, were called in by 15 individuals. And then when the police investigated these complaints, which they're required to do, many of them were unfounded. Either the landscapers were using the products or using the equipment properly, or they were using lawnmowers and they were being mistaken for leaf blowers, something of that nature. So those of us in the green industry understand that we have a difficult enough time finding labor to begin with, and that these, uh, th this type of equipment, leaf blowers, they're essential for us uh, as a, as a time-saving device. Got it. Um, you mentioned the um, Portland, Maine. They're voting on a pesticide ban today, actually. Um, could you speak a little bit about that? Sure. Up in Portland, they've been taking the, the city of Portland specifically has been taking their cues from the city of South Portland, which has already enacted a comprehensive ban on the use of synthetic pesticides. Um, they actually wanted to go further and also ban the use of synthetic fertilizers, but they realized that they needed to have, you know, consume half a loaf and then go back to the rest of the loaf later. So now they're just they're just concentrating on pesticides and the city of Portland, the city of Falmouth and other um, municipalities in the southern Maine uh, area are looking to the city of Portland as to what they're doing. What they've crafted is the most restrictive pesticide use ordinance in the country. You will not be able to use any EPA registered pesticides at all except for a very small number uh, of uh, low-risk pesticides that, you know, we kind of, you know, we're, we're a little bit, um, I guess, not, we're not really excited about being left with this, uh, this choice of pesticides. So what's kind of interesting about this is this, uh, it, it's tending, this whole debate is tending to drag out a little bit longer than they had uh, anticipated, and already the unintended consequences of enacting this type of uh, ordinance are becoming uh, evident. Now, first are the internal contradictions of what they're dealing with. They, they want to ban the use of synthetic and natural pesticides entirely within the city, except for some funny, you know, because they're not safe. Now, 
except for they are not going to uh, uh, apply those standards to city fields or the golf courses that are owned by the city. So somehow or another, it's not safe for homeowners and professionals to use, but these products are perfectly safe for use on sports fields and golf turf. And they're already conceding that uh, you know the pesticide use is necessary to uh, to proper golf and proper sports turf because they're in, including in the cost estimate for the bill hundreds of thousands of dollars for replacement of turf that they know they're going to lose. So they have already figured that they're going to have dead grass all over the place that they're going to need to replace. So that's part of uh, the cost of this being uh, uh, entered into the in the equation here. Plus, they're uh, they've got sixty thousand dollars in the uh, in the budget for uh, part time hand weeding of athletic fields. Uh, good luck filling those positions in this particular uh, uh, job market. So uh, it's it's a very interesting thing to watch. And uh, it, if you happen to be doing business in the in the Portland area, it's a really scary time right now. Got it. Um, so. What states or regions face the biggest threat when it comes to pesticide and leaf blower noise bans, and why would you say that? Well, I, you know, the, there's no place in the country that's immune to this type of activity, first of all. You know, we'll see, you know, a, a, a nice background as far as that legislative activity, you know, coast to coast, whether it be leaf blowers or fertilizer, nutrients, and so forth. But the, the real activism is in the Northeast. And these are really what I would call blue state issues. And you'll notice that, you know, in Maine, in Massachusetts, Connecticut is another place where you'll see a lot of active activity. Maryland has been very active lately. So, you know, there's a, there's a reason why I can live uh, up here in Massachusetts and, and work for an association that's uh, based in Virginia because I'm right, where, I'm right in the middle of where all the action is. Now, what can LCOs do on a local level to face these bans? What should each company be doing? Well, you know, it's kind of funny you should say that because LCOs may not be interested in politics, but politics sure are interested in LCOs. So they're a small but powerful group of people that are absolutely convinced that the services that we provide to our customers are causing irreparable harm to the environment, and they don't have a shred of evidence to back up their claim. You know, it's completely empty. And, of course, we understand the products that we use, and we understand the plants that we're caring for, and we see that, you know, the services that we provide and the way that we provide them is being a net benefit to the environment. So you need to become involved. That's why, you know, I'm so strongly encouraging people to, to join not only their state association at the, at the local level, but also NALP to, to rally uh, together so that we can, you know, stand strong in, in, uh, in defiance of these, uh, of these efforts. And if you're not already doing so, you need to become involved in your local community. I'm thinking of a gentleman that I'm um, here on Cape Cod that has a, a very successful landscape company, but he's also involved in the community to a great degree. He's a football coach. He's, a, 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 he's on the local school committee, and, you know, everyone in town knows him. And, and that type of interface not only gives you uh, sort of a, a warning when someone is trying, to, um, is trying to have an effect upon your business so that you can be there to be the face of the issue, uh, but also that you're, you're known to everybody. You know, it's awful hard to, um, it, to attack somebody when, uh, or, or somebody's uh, uh, livelihood when you actually know who they are. So, you know, becoming involved is a, is a great way to, to protect your business. I was recently down in um, Lake County, Florida, where the city council, or the, the, uh, 
the local county commissioners were debating a, uh, a nutrient um, ordinance there. And, you know, we had a great showing from industry, but the problem was that I was there from NALP, and there was, uh, you know, uh, a couple of representatives from a couple of the very large companies that, that do business in that area. Uh, one of the fertilizer manufacturers was there. You know, so we had, we had a good representation, but there was no one there from the local level. And the problem is that I can stand up in front of a, co a county commissioner's uh, meeting and do a wonderful job of laying out a, 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 an argument as to why what we're doing is essential. But the thing is that I'm the guy from I'm from outside. I don't live there. I'm not a local. You know, I'm I'm an outsider. So you know, I'm, ten of me is not worth one person just showing up that do, actually lives in the community. And what's important about this particular example was that as I left Lake County and headed back down to Orlando to catch a flight back to Boston, I passed one fertilizer company after another. It shocked me as to how many individual small operators were working in that area that weren't in that meeting where their livelihood was at stake. So, you know, be involved in your community, keep up with the issues, and, and, uh, uh, and, and be ready to defend yourself. Great. Well, thanks so much for talking with us today, Bob, and hope to hear from you soon. Always a pleasure, Megan. Take care of yourself.